0: Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Might I recommend, now that your young person has walked across that stage, you get them over to Leon Tailoring, get them to their Career Services Division. That's right. In this economy, even though jobs are plentiful, it won't help you if you don't look the part. So at Leon Tailoring Career Services Division, they got the perfect thing that your young man or young lady needs to get them off into the world of work and at very reasonable and affordable prices. And heck, who knows? You might even see something for yourself if you're looking for a new job. So swing on by Leon Tailoring, their Career Services Division, Larry. Norm, Kim, and Judy. Always glad to help you out. Leon Taylor in 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. Well, as Indian lawmakers try to figure out what to do about abortion and inflation, and we've got the Secretary of State's race, the American Prosecutor's race. Well, join us to put some of all this in perspective is one of my favorite pollsters. Actually, no, he is my favorite pollster in the entire universe, my good friend Andrew Weiser, uh, Chief Principal at ARW Strategies. Andrew, my friend, as always, thank you for taking a few minutes to join us. We do appreciate it, sir.
1: Well, with that introduction, I I will always be happy to join you. Thanks. I'm glad
0: to be here. Not a problem. Well, like I said, uh, lots of stuff going on here in the state of Indiana, and you've been very helpful. Uh, You did some polling on a lot of these uh, major issues that Indiana lawmakers are sort of dealing with right now. Let's go ahead and start uh, with the big one that everyone's talking about this weekend, the abortion issue. And a lot of people think Indiana is automatically a a pro-life state, but the polling that you did uh, maybe sort of reveals some, some nuances to that issue.
1: Yeah, you know, we had 55% um, and we asked the question, there's sort of a a sliding scale on on the degree to which uh, you can respond. But I think your headline is probably the fact that 55% say that abortion should be legal in all or most cases, uh, while on the flip side, 40% say it should be illegal in all or most cases. So again, I think that's that's probably the headline that most people will latch on to. But when you segment that out, I think there's a lot of nuance to the topic. And, and it isn't correct to just focus on those two numbers. Um, I think for me, I look at it and 27 and percent, so about a quarter, say that abortion should be legal in all cases. Um, And just 11% say it should be illegal in all cases. So it's interesting to watch what what the legislature is doing because, um, you know, even those who are sort of pro-choice, that 55%, uh, over half of them clearly believe there should be some type of restrictions to it. Uh, 28% say legal in most cases, but not all. Uh, And then of that 40% who say they're pro-life, um, Three-quarters say should be illegal in most, but not all cases. So obviously they believe there's exceptions that should be made. So th- this isn't a black and white issue. There's a lot of nuance to it.
0: And also, I thought it was also interesting, too, my friend, when, when you break it down by party, uh, Republicans were almost sort of uh, what you'd expect. Republicans kind of heavily pro-life, Democrats heavily pro-choice. But independents, that's what struck me the most. It's almost like a two-to-one. Independents believe uh, abortion be legal in, in, most, in all cases or some cases.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, when when you look at the parties, you're gonna you you sort of feel like you know what your own base does, but it's sort of that middle of the road, the independents, and where they stand. Uh, And 61%, yeah, do believe it should be legal in most or all cases. But again, you know, 27% say that it should be legal in all cases, but then you have that 34% who indicate it's legal in most cases. So there is some room, I think, there Uh, if you're if you're the you know the caucus on either side. To, to message those people and, and there's some nuance there Where I think you can uh, You can play around with, with how you message What you're trying to do um, Because it isn't a straight Oh, we want to ban abortion legal You know, completely Or we want to, you know Legalize it completely uh, There are obviously people who, who want to see some restrictions Or others who say You know, I don't really like abortion But I acknowledge that there, There's obviously instances In which an abortion May be necessary
0: uh, Also, too, I thought it was interesting uh, That uh, sort of over, overwhelmingly even more so than whether it should be legal in some cases or most cases. Uh, an almost overwhelming, overwhelming number of folks, almost two to one, opposed criminal penalties for doctors and health care providers who performed abortions.
1: Yeah, 63% opposed with 53 percent strongly opposing um so to me that's one of those issues where um i you're you're i think you got to take a you know a, te- a reading of the temperature in the room and and for me uh, i look at those numbers and that's pretty plain to me that that hoosiers are not in favor of criminalizing abortion for doctors
0: now if you're uh you are an Indiana lawmaker and you're looking at these numbers on the abortion issue uh what what do you walk away with do you think
1: Well, I think, you know, I look at this actually from sort of a a national perspective. Obviously, I think the economy uh, is kind of miserable. We're dealing with inflation. We can get into the definition of what a recession is and are we actually now in a recession. Uh, But Democrats want to combat that. And so I think the uh, the recent Supreme Court ruling has given them an opening where they can use abortion as an issue. And that's why we asked that question, how important is it to you that a candidate share your belief on abortion? And I think going into this, I thought it might be there might be signs that this was going to really fire up Democrats. Um, but actually if you kind of unpack it, it, it looks like there's there's not as much sort of motivation uh, motivation advantage to Democrats as there is uh, over Republicans. And so uh, I still think that, Uh, You know, obviously, from a criminalization standpoint, I I don't think you should look at that as something that's going to be overwhelmingly popular. Um, But I think as far as its political implications in the fall, uh, I I don't look at these numbers and go, oh, you know, Republicans are, are, you know, basically poking the hornet's nest here. This could this could neutralize what nationally feels like a red wave year uh, and couple that with Biden's numbers and the direction of the country and the economy and inflation. And I just I, I'm not sure this is that magic issue for Democrats. Uh, it certainly is in other states, I think. But here in, in Indiana, I, I look at that and I don't believe that the political implications are, are going to be as as severe.
0: Our guest on the program today is my good friend Andrew Weissert, our polling partner, and my good friend at ARW Strategies. We did some polling on the abortion and some other issues. Andrew, uh, let's change gears, talk about uh, the economy and inflation, which is on a lot of folks' minds. And I thought it was interesting that a clear majority of folks said, hey, they bought fewer items to kind of maybe sort of stretch uh, stretch their paychecks. Uh, And also, uh, a lot of folks, a clear majority supported the governor's plan to to give folks uh, that additional $225, even though it may not seem like a lot.
1: I, I agree. It doesn't necessarily seem like a lot, um, but I look at this, you know, in, in two ways. Number one, I think from the top line perspective, I mean, there's a real problem for Democrats in, in from a national level. Uh, if you look at this, 80 percent of Hoosiers say the country's gotten off on the wrong track. Uh, the president's job approval rating is heavily underwater uh, with 62 percent disapproving of the job he's doing, 51 percent strongly disapprove. Um and, and even I think on the surface, you look at the governor's numbers. He has a slight uh, approval advantage: forty-seven percent approve, forty-five percent disapprove. Um, and it's not surprising to see that largely driven by party lines. But the good news, uh, as you pointed out, fifty-seven percent support his billion-dollar inflation relief plan. And I, I don't think anybody's going to argue that you know uh, sending people uh, a check back from the government. Uh, I don't. I find it hard to believe a lot of people would oppose that. Um, but I think, you know, um, obviously it, it's not just support for that. But when we asked about what they think the legislature should do with the overall budget surplus, 20 percent before we asked about the plan, 20 percent said return all or some of it to the taxpayers. Uh, and that was second behind sort of the the all-encompassing, a combination of all of the above, which included returning some of the money to taxpayers at 34%. So over half, 54%, like the idea of at least partially giving back some of the money to the taxpayers. Um, so for me, it looks like, you know, uh, the governor has sort of a pulse on on the voters. And and in uh, from a national standpoint, where voters are dissatisfied with the Uh, the direction of the country. It looks like the governor probably is sort of a steady hand at the wheel uh, at sort of a a period in time for Indiana, where where the country is in flux,
0: and it's interesting too because right now uh, the debate in the legislature is: do we do the, the, the direct tax, taxpayer refund, or do we like you know maybe suspend the gas tax or you know cut uh, cut the utility tax for a while? I think uh, the the fact that uh, clearly you know fifty six percent support the governor's plan gives the governor maybe a little bit more uh, chips to play uh, as lawmakers uh, try to figure out what to do with the with the surplus.
1: Yeah. And and obviously, I think he has indicated uh, an interest with the new budget in investing more into K-12 through public education. Uh, That was 15 percent supported that. So 11 percent cutting taxes. So, yeah, I mean, there's support for some of these other things as well. But by and large, I think giving the money back to the people, especially at a time uh, when you rightly pointed out, That uh, 54% are are buying fewer items to stretch their budget and paychecks. 26% are opting for cheaper, lower-cost options. Clearly, inflation is having an effect, uh, and returning some of that surplus back to the taxpayers is very popular.
0: Our guest on the program today is my good friend Andrew Weissert. Andrew is the uh, principal partner at ARW Strategies. They are a polling firm, and they did some polling, and so we're sharing those results uh, with you folks today. Uh, Andrew, I want to change gears a little bit and uh, get into sort of the politics of everything. And this, uh, these next to numbers really surprised a lot of folks. I've, I've been hearing about this since we put it out earlier this week. Uh, the poll in the in the Indiana Secretary of State's race, which is for the most part, even though Indiana tends to be a very Republican state, it's statistically tied. Uh, Destiny Wells, a Democrat, leads the Republican Diego Morales 31 to 28, and the Libertarians, which Libertarians normally pull about three or four uh, percent in situations like this, uh, Jeff Moore is at seven percent. Now, granted, a good chunk of more than a third of the people are still undecided, but this can't this this got to be make for an interesting race at, at the very least with this baseline here.
1: I, th- I would agree with that. I think that it it, it looks interesting right now. And I think, uh, obviously, if you're the Democrats, you go, these are great numbers. Um, but, uh, and I think you certainly need to stress it, uh, there's still a lot of undecided voters. And I look at the path for uh, Destiny Scott Wells, and, and it's uphill sledding, though. So I don't, you know, I, I'm not sitting here saying that Diego Mor- uh, Morales is going to lose. I think they, if I look at the path ahead for both of them, I've, I like where he's sitting better uh, than Destiny because, in order for her to win, she's going to have to nearly just by the makeup of Indiana in general, she's going to have to win nearly all independents or peel away a significant chunk of Republicans, uh, and that's not easy. Um, that's you know typically you're going to see uh, a Democrat peel away you know anywhere from five to ten percent of. Uh, of Republicans, um, and she's going to have to do better than that. Um, I think obviously coming out of the convention, there's a lot of questions surrounding Morales. And so I think that's kind of probably baked into these numbers. Um, but, you know, if I'm advising him, he's, he's got work to do with his own party. And so I think if he manages to shore up his own party, these numbers flip uh, and you see him sitting in a much more comfortable position. But as it stands right now, uh, he's got work to do. Um, and, and I would guess his team recognizes that and, and is working to address that.
0: And that I thought was interesting, uh, particularly the fact that, uh, like you said, in, in the poll results you got, uh, Morales is only getting about 60 percent of his base right now, while 33 percent of Republicans are undecided. Uh, here it is, you know, August, September, October, November, you know, three, four months to go. And for my, for me, is if you're still trying to get your base, you know, a few months out, something's not you, you got you got you got some work to do.
1: And I wonder how much of it is, is just his overall name ID. Um, And does that, you know, do people consolidate just as we move forward and his name is, is a little more in the news Um, that could be the case. Uh, I I don't know. You know, we didn't really, we didn't, Ask his image. Um, And so I can't say for certain how he's viewed among those undecided voters. Um, But I would expect a lot of those to come home. But again, you know, in politics, you never want to expect anything. Um, But, you know, history tells you that your base usually comes home. But I I agree with you sitting three to four months out. I, I don't like the fact that a third of third of my base isn't with me yet.
0: And also, uh, with the Libertarians, uh, your thoughts on Jeff Moore uh, basically polling at 7%, when normally Libertarians get about 3 or
1: 4%. Well, I think that's probably a little bit of the, the Morales uh, underperforming. I think you probably have a little bit of uh, people who would normally vote for the Republican probably indicating a little bit of a, a dissatisfaction with their choices at the moment. Um, and so the Libertarian probably is benefiting from that. Um, but I would guess... You know, 7 percent, if it's historically three to four, it probably regresses a point or two. Um, but, you know, we we if you want to jump into the presidential numbers, I think you do see that at this time in the country the voters are a little more open to a third party candidate. And, and this isn't an issue with Republicans. It's an issue with both parties uh, where I think the bases have become a little more hyperpartisan. And so some of the more middle of the road. Independent voters, or even moderates on both sides of the both sides of the aisle, uh, are looking at independents uh, or third-party candidates as as a little more of a viable option.
0: Our guest is Andrew Weiser, uh, ARW Strategies, with us for a few more minutes on the program today. Uh, Andrew, I want to talk about uh, the Marion County Prosecutor's race? Uh, like I said, the one big local race a lot of folks are keeping an eye on uh, these days. Uh, obviously, even though crime, even though people, I thought it was interesting. though people still thought Indianapolis was less safe than it was. When we pulled a year ago. Ryan Mears has still got almost a twenty point lead over Republican challenger uh, Cindy Carrasco.
1: I find those numbers fascinating. Um, I, you know, so I'm uh, I'm from Illinois, so I, you know, I see the news with Chicago and uh, the the mayor and the Cook County State's Attorney. Uh, I mean, (laughs) they are raked over the coals constantly for the rise in crime and violence in the city. Uh, But you look at these poll numbers and uh, it's kind of astounding that only 11 percent blame the mayor, Joe Hogsett, and 5 percent blame Ryan Mears for uh, what clearly is a a perception of uh, a less safe Indianapolis, less safe Marion County as a whole. Uh, And they're blaming society as a whole, which which, again, I just I find that interesting Um, You know, the mayor actually uh, his numbers uh, when when we asked this question, when I did polling for you last year, the blame for him has even dropped. Um, And so uh, it's interesting that uh, they're doing something right to escape the blame. um, And and it's certainly working. Um, And on the prosecutor's race. You know, that's it, it. It looks like it's uphill sledding for Cindy Carrasco. Obviously, she has some room to grow with her base, but Mears does also. Um, and so there needs to be a pretty major narrative shift in, in my eyes. And, and can she do it? Sure. Uh, but obviously, that's going to take a lot of money and a lot of messaging um, to put crime directly on Mears's shoulders, because right now that, there's just not a connection with voters, uh, with with what's going on from a safety standpoint to uh, Ryan Mears not being you know held accountable for
0: it. Andrew got a couple minutes left I had to let you go here. Uh, quick question. A lot of folks will say, you know, I don't I don't trust these polls. Nobody called me. How do I know that these numbers are accurate? You know, you no know, no one picks up their cell phone anymore if, if it's an unknown number. So uh help help us out with some of the mechanics of the reliability of your polling.
1: Sure. Well, you know, the good news is um, polling is not dead. Polling is not dying. Um, I think There's been a lot of there's there's a shift in sort of methodology uh, calling people directly Um, there. You know, you used to be able to get a lot of automated surveys where, you know, you pick up a call and there's an automated interview Um, that actually has sort of died out. And even in Indiana, that's that's not allowed. Um, but we do still get a fair number of respondents who want to answer the phone, and so polling over the phone is still very reliable. Uh, For these, we've seen a major shift in cell phone text surveys. Uh, People actually are really willing to engage on especially shorter surveys via text message. Uh, And so in both of these, the the Marion County sort of subsample and the statewide version, uh, we got about two thirds of our interviews via text messages, and those are very reliable. Um, when that first sort of came into rotation as an option a couple a couple of years ago, I was a little skeptical, but uh, did my due diligence and, and have seen firsthand that the numbers do line up. Um, and, and you're not getting any sort of biases to who answers those text message questions, but, you know, people are glued to their cell phones more and more now. And so, uh, yeah, you probably don't get as many calls to your landline if you even have one anymore. Uh, but people are really willing to sit and answer a text survey and I find them to be, to be accurate and reliable. Uh, and the proof is in the pudding. And, uh, you know, I go back at the end of the year, or at the end of an election, and look at how accurate my polling was, and it's still been very accurate. Uh, so I feel very confident in those. And, um, you know, if people want to dispute the numbers, I think there's nothing that's going to ever alleviate that. Uh, they're going to always want to question it, and that's, uh, that's up to them. But I stand by the numbers, and, uh, you know, d- d- don't believe them at your own
0: peril. <laughs> As I, as I also remind people too that that polls not predictions; they're snapshots in time. You've got to get enough snapshots to, to put the full picture together.
1: Absolutely, the the biggest issue with polling, and uh, it's the dirty little secret, is you know the second I report a poll, it's already out of it's already out of date. So it's, <laughs> it's a snapshot in time, and uh, it is definitely not a
0: predictor of uh, of what's going to happen in the future. All right. Well, our guest on the program day has been our good friend Andrew Weissert of ARW Strategies, a pollster. Uh, worked with uh, b politics in the past. Look forward to working with him again in the future, looking at some of the big issues facing Hoosiers here in the state of Indiana. So, Andrew, my friend, as always, sir, thank you very much for being with us. Always good to chat with you.
1: Hey, thank you. It was great to talk to you. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for having me.